call 911. Oh, I've been shot. She's been shot. She's got it on the ground in the driveway. Hey, Luna. Hey, operator. Hey, did you know that 80% of all of the 911 calls are for medical emergencies? Uh, it doesn't shock me. Yeah, you think about like the ones we cover though, like the mo- like we don't we don't cover a harrowing 911 call about uh, <laughs> a rash, <laughs> shortness of breath. Yeah, <laughs> they just need this puffer. Yeah, exactly. We're not like I've got this. You're going to hear a call now about an extreme headache. <laughs> <laughs> we should start doing those. Create a whole new behind nine one one and not so bad podcast. Yeah, nine one one boring calls. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah, probably fine. <laughs> or right, well, that's actually a good show. We should just find all the nine one one calls where just they never responded because they're like, nah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, hey, I just figured out. Remember just a little while ago before we started the episode I said my garage door opened but my hey. wife wasn't here? Uh-huh. I just figured out what it was cuz I just got an alert on my phone that says Amazon delivered a package t- to your garage. Weird. They opened my garage and delivered cuz there's this new thing on I don't know if you know but um I have a smart garage door and it's tied into my Amazon Alexa system, oh. so the service when you go to order on Amazon, if you have that, it's called Amazon Key. And if you check that delivery box rather than dumping it at your front door, they'll literally use their Alexa app outside to open your garage door, put your packages in, and close your garage door. <laughs> wow. Well, that's that's the, the battle against, they call them porch pirates now, yeah. right? Yeah. Creepy, but also follow- I'd rather keep my stuff than have it stolen, so... For sure. I follow a group on Facebook called Porch Pirates of this particular neighborhood that I'm familiar with back in Ontario where I'm from. And it's hilarious, the comments. Like, they're all, this one lady, she says, yeah, what are they stealing? Because there's like a video of, of this kid like doing something to the to a fence. And the guy goes, my solar lamps. And she goes, oh, well, I hope he burns in hell then. <laughs> like, whoa, <laughs> burns in hell? He's like 15 year old stealing. Like, it's hilarious reading the comments. They all can't spell. I'm like, oh man, I'm just getting so much out of this because I'm so happy that these kids are robbing you, <laughs> idiots. I've thought a lot about those kids. Like, it's an interesting dynamic. There, I don't know if you know now, but there are people that, that have a plant. They put a plant package out front, like a fake one. Okay. So they can catch people on like the ring or whatever. Yeah. So, but. I was driving away out of my neighborhood and I was thinking about these. In our area, there's been these three kids that have been breaking into cars. And so everybody's got these camera footage of them. And they're like, yeah, they showed up in my neighborhood too. Here's another one of them. And I'm like, when it comes down, when it goes down and these kids get caught or ahead of that, if the parents are also maybe unsavory types, think about that conversation. They're like, uh, Brandon need to talk to you. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but a lot of people have security cameras now, and a lot of people have doorbells that can record you. I don't know if you steal stuff, but you should be aware to look <laughs> for those things before uh-huh. you steal stuff, Brandon. Okay? Yeah, I just want you to be yeah. safe while you're out there accosting the neighborhood, Brandon. <laughs> you know? Well, also, also, Brandon, uh, from what I see on the Facebook pages, these people are completely 100% up for vigilante justice and they're amping each other up. They want to murder you for stealing (laughs) 
solar lights. I if I if, man, I stole so much stuff when I was younger. Man, I remember stealing. Uh, we would we would rob garages back then and getting these golf clubs. This one time, God, I was so I was so terrified I was going to get caught. I was 15 on acid selling it to this store using my friend's dad to sell it for us. We got 200 bucks. I'm on acid in this store. I don't know what I was thinking. (laughs) (sighs) Sometimes I just get nervous for that version of myself. What are you doing? But thank God there was, there was no cameras and all that stuff back then. I got away with it. Yeah. Good thing. Cause we'd be talking through glass right now. If that was, (laughs) (laughs) we should be. Yeah, we should Um, be. Oh, I got another question for you. Sure. Hey, Luna, what do mm. firefighters do? Oh, you know, cook and clean and nap and just generally talk about being a firefighter from, from my experience. Uh, no, they, they, you know, they take cats out of the trees. They save lives from time to time. But yeah. here's my, my I know I've, I, my issue mainly is with volunteer firefighters who like really wear it like as a badge of pride and they walk strut around like they're constantly saving lives when they're really their construction workers. Um, I just... <laughs> That's that's the firefighter I kind of have an issue with, and also that they steal a lot of shine from paramedics and cops because like firefighters are looked at as like these big brawny men who are like hot in their uniforms and they risk their lives. It's like they're never busy though, <laughs> like they're never as busy as the paramedics and the cops. That's my issue. I'm like, give the paramedic more shine, give the cop more shine. They deal with so much more than than firefighters. I will agree with you on the the. Uh, the like deputy <laughs> firefighter, the one that's like, he got some like print off card that has his name on it. And it says deputy firefighter. And you, he just like had to fill out a, like an application that he tore out of a Ranger Rick magazine. Yeah. That guy. Yes. They, for sure. Like he, he's, they get the license plate. Have you seen the license plate? They all get this yeah. license plate that says, tells everybody they're a firefighter. Volunteer firefighter. Yeah, it's like volunteer homicide detective. Are you really? <laughs> That's why we made that shirt. Right. <laughs> um, no, but but can I say that I do respect firefighters, real firefighters? Well, here's one thing that I've found out, uh, both in doing my research for today's show and now that I think about it. A lot of now that I think about it. Now that I think about it. If you see a firefighter, there's one of two possibilities. They're either walking to go to bed because they've been up for an ungodly sure. amount of time or they might cooking, have cooking five alarm chili and they got a <laughs> bellyache <laughs> or they might have rabies because <laughs> just like raccoons if you see one in the day don't go near it they'll bite you mm-hmm. no but here's why firefighters are either holed up in their place on call somewhere or asleep it's like yeah. it is a vicious. Okay, so I wanted to. I, I, we've we've kind of poked fun at firefighters before, mm. um, and it's all in good fun. Um, but uh, I want, me, I hate a bit. I can't stand firefighters. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to give you some information. That, but <laughs> I've done this before, man, and it's so much trouble. <laughs> but whatever, whatever. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll get into like some other country and you can beat them up and it'll lessen yeah. the amount of firefighter we take in the comments later. Let's talk about Italy or Sicily, yeah. all those mobsters. All right. Yeah, so here are some fun facts about firefighters that you may not have known before. First, mm-hmm. did you know that many firefighters are actually trained to parachute into an emergency? Really? Yeah. That's crazy. That's awesome. I didn't know that. Also, this I 
there's 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 something that uh, seems alarming about <laughs> dropping a man under a silk parachute over a 1200 degree fire. Just seems like maybe yeah. that parachute that's just made a little bit more sturdy than toilet paper is gonna land them on the ground safely. I don't know. Great, yeah, great cooking technique. <laughs> I mean, man, and that's what they're into. Different types of cooking techniques, but whatever. I digress. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, so I didn't know that. <laughs> okay, moving on. Oh man, my heart hurts. Um, <laughs> my cheeks hurt more than my heart hurt, though. So that's good. It's not a heart yeah. attack. Um, right. On average, right. only two percent of emergency calls to nine one one are for actual fires. That's really due in part to a whole bunch of improvements that we've made uh, toward fire protection in materials and like building codes over the past several decades. So you don't have a lot of five alarm fires anymore because our houses are built differently. Mm -hmm. Fun fact to know and share there. Do you know what stopped the war with Japan in World War II? The atom bomb? No. You would think, and a lot of people do. That was very convincing. <laughs> yeah. It was a... It was definitely a you know the U.S. saying no no no, but right. actually what it was was fire. At the same time that we dropped the atom bomb, we were firebombing whole towns, and their houses were made of paper, and uh. so we were burning these houses to the ground. And the people were so imbued by their government to stand firm that they mm -hmm. were losing whole cities, whole peoples. They were losing, so they were like, we can either wait for all of our cities to burn down to the ground uh, or we can put the, put an end to this. So a lot of people think it was just because of the nuclear bombs we dropped, but, but actually fire played a huge part in seeing that war end. Anyway. Wow. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Did a, it was an atom bomb, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So. Uh, I can hear an alarm going off in your background. That's it, hilarious. It's actually a police car. I've heard of course, people. they're super busy all the time. <laughs> uh, well, okay, we're both proving a point that that the public has has a pretty limited view on what firefighters do. Like, mm -hmm. if you go if if you go to a store and say, "I'm looking for a firefighter toy," the toy you get is some toy guy with a girl with a red helmet on and a red suit. You know, we've got them costumed up in a certain way. Because we feel like this is what firefighters do, is they fight fires, and that's what they do. But but it's actually affecting our our public view and opinion of, of firefighters is actually inaccurate, but it's actually having an effect on fire departments in that we as a people are pressuring our cities to reduce their budgets because right. we don't see as many fires. And so right. we're like, not enough fires? Let's take some money away. But... That's in direct conflict with stark increases in emergency call volumes. On average, many cities have seen up to 15% increases in the past 10 years. So you and I are like, oh, well, we don't see as many fires, so let's get rid of their budget. But these guys are being called out even more than they ever have mm -hmm. because uh, it's not just all about fires. Right. 
Okay, so this lines up with another interesting fact upon arrival. I didn't know this, but first responders are prioritized to save human life before, like, saving a house, for example. So you might be sitting there having aid rendered to you and wondering why they aren't spraying down your house first to save your Beanie Baby collection. Well, that's why. Resources are first allocated to humans and then maybe animals, if possible, then structures and surrounding areas. But... Due to budget issues, many fire departments operate in a red line state as far as staffing goes. So being staffed like just enough or even being understaffed compared to the demand that the city or the area is starting to put on fire departments more and more because of the 911 calls that are coming in. This stress is actually causing stress on the firefighters. Many departments run on a kind of 24 hours, 48 hours off shift to help with stress reduction so the firefighters can regain energy and they can establish some kind of a predictable sleep cycle. Yeah, that's good. I feel the same way about a lot of doctors, especially lately, where they're working like these crazy shifts. It's like, man, like they're they're not going to be able to do their job properly, right? Yeah. They're going to make mistakes. And these are the type of jobs where you, you can't afford to make many mistakes. Right. Well, and to that point, like the time off and everything they're using to to seriously recharge from a 24-hour shift that is usually pretty intense. It's 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 completely hot or completely cold. You know, it's like all day long that whole 24 hours it's either on or off. In a right. 2007 study by the International Association of Fire Chiefs, there was an officer that explained he ran 38 calls in 24 hours, said he nearly drove off a bridge the next day driving home from his shift. So they're constantly trying to manage and mitigate the the stress on firefighters, the stress on their schedule, trying to, you know, give them some kind of human respite from what is more or less an in, you know, a superhuman job in a lot of cases. I hope people have listened through to the episode to this point where we're actually on the firefighter's side. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because, no, I, I know all this stuff. I have friends who are firefighters. I often forget, like, I've I've put down people with tattoos and stuff in the past, too. I often forget that I'm talking to, like, a large audience. Yeah. And then I'm just screwing around with my friend because uh, I do screw around with firefighters and talk about that kind of stuff. And they talk about themselves, too. So yeah. um, all all in good fun. All good fun. Well, you know, even in my case, just back in December when I had heart problems and we called 911, my house was stormed by four firefighter first responders who were then followed by two EMTs a little bit later. The whole house incident probably lasted all of, I don't know, 15 minutes before I was transported to the hospital in the ambulance. I, because my neighbor was one of the firefighters that showed up, I was like, hey, Matt. Uh, can you let me ride on the fire truck ladder? And he, he said some dumb, dumb thing like that you got to have two functioning hands to do it. And because one of mine was numb that he wouldn't let me, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> do you know why firefighters seem to be the ones who always show up first? Why? Because they're not doing anything. Else. <laughs> <laughs> I walked right into that one. I didn't see it. <laughs> I thought you had like some real fact because your no. friend had told you something at a barbecue. I, I just, that is a real fact. That is a real fact. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. God. Okay. Really? All right, okay. moving on.
here's here finally here's here's the crazy thing just when you think like you know our technology is advancing uh you know we, we seem to be advancing in all these ways in the 90s in order to try to meet the increasing demand for more emts in the field the curriculum for becoming an ENT was actually changed to simply focus on when you're a first responder, stabilization and transportation as opposed to medical administration in the field. So even though you might get a first responder who's trained in inserting breathing tubes or administering like life-saving drugs or running the cardiac machine, many are required to only do so with prior doctor or hospital authorization or like a mother may i save this person's life here on the side of this road kind of thing so even though the need is increasing for first responders and our technology is advancing the system really kind of remains very complicated Mm, interesting okay one more question for you do you know what firefighters should never do Uh, i don't want to make any more jokes they should never just sure willingly kill people Right, smoke cigarettes. I don't know. <laughs> the answers kill people. I already said it. Okay, <laughs> you can, good, you good. can stop giving me answers now. <laughs> okay, I'd, I'd prefer it. <laughs> yeah, they shouldn't kill people. But this call that we're going to listen to takes place in Wisconsin in April of 2009. Scott Schmidt was a man. He was also a decorated 15-year vet of the local fire department. It is unclear what decorations they had used to apply to this man, but news reports confirmed that he had been decorated. So, Solar lights, right? Patio lanterns. (laughs) So Scott lived in a house, and Mm -hmm. he used to live in another house with his wife Kelly and their children. They hadn't been living together for about a month at this point, and he was obsessed with tracking her whereabouts and like all over whatabouts, like logging in and reading her email. And set he set up tracking and snooping computer programs on her computer to track all of her files and all of her communication. He even tracked her to a hotel one night in Chicago where he feared that she had gone to meet up with the boyfriend. And in this case, that boy was more than a friend. In fact, they didn't just like each other. They like liked each other. Oh no! Yeah, <clears throat> he's probably pretty fired up about that. No <laughs> doubt. That, that, that man, <laughs> you can track people so easily now for that type of thing. Yep, you really can. It's Oof. disturbing. Gotta be careful. Mm-hmm. So Kelly came home from that trip to Chicago to find Scott at her house. Uh, oddly, his car wasn't there and it wasn't anywhere to be found because he had parked it over a mile away at the fire station and then he walked to her house so when she comes in and sees the scots there she calls her mother barbara wing just within the bird w-i-n-g and asked her to come over so when barbara arrived she asked her to take the children and leave and then are you ready for me to hit play i'm ready okay here we Go. Oh, 
Kelly, when Kelly, Kelly again, I didn't understand. Oh, Kelly, are you all right? Oh, my God. Is she awake? Oh, oh, my God. Can you tell me if she's breathing? Oh my goodness! There's so much, so much, so much. Can, can I can I can I knock two of them down right now? Yeah, knock two down. Okay. So first of all, the lady sounds like the uh, she ripped her face off, lady. I was panicking the whole way because I was like, "Did I hear? This? Did we do this call before?" I feel like I've made fun of firefighters in the past too. Like, did we do this? Before? But she sounded just like the you ripped her face off, lady. Yeah. And second of all. That's the first time that I've heard an operator want to disconnect the call before the caller. Like, okay, I'm going to let you go now, lady. Yeah. This has been yeah. too much. 
Well, here, okay, so a couple things. You know, we've covered a lot of calls with the phone caller and the dispatcher. And I, I just made some mental notes as we were going there. Uh, like 10 seconds into it, she says, I've been shot and she's been shot. Mm-hmm. It was three minutes and 40 seconds into that call. The dispatcher was still going, are you injured? Like, <sighs> yeah, there was so, it, know. you know, the, you know, the tell, you know, the, the, the thing called the telephone game. Yep. Where you tell somebody something and then they have to tell. And by the time it gets to like the sixth person, it's totally different. Like mm-hmm. the telephone game was happening here, but she's literally the one on the telephone. It, also, like, I hope there were revisions made in their system because literally, I'm pretty sure they were using tin cans on strings that yeah. they could not yeah. understand each other. And it wasn't just like, it didn't seem to be one way or the other because, like, the call audio that we even have is dumpy. Oh, yeah. That is rough. Um, yeah, she's like, she's like, uh, is her chest rising? Is she texting while driving? Oh, she's <laughs> looking on the freaking... <laughs> Is her test drive? Is her te- chest drive? She's like attack driver. <laughs> like what? Yeah, they yeah. couldn't understand each other. But the thing that kills me most is like everything that ended up being asked for the third or fourth time. You know, five minutes into that call, she had already given. She Brutal. told me that there were two little kids there that they had both been shot. That oh, and then she's like, "What's the address?" She gives her the address, and then the dispatcher goes, "That's your address." She said, yeah. no, it's not. That's where she's literally at right oh, now. <laughs> it's like, I, 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 sometimes, you know, we can, we have empathy and we're like, okay, I understand where the, the dispatcher's coming from. I, I don't, I don't know what's going on here. The, the dispatcher seemed extremely confused and I don't, maybe it was the audio quality or the fact that well, this, when- she was just chattering the whole time. Yeah, that too. The the I'm no expert, but it feel, felt like it feels like when you have somebody who's freaking out on the other end of the line, you shouldn't match their amount of being freaked out. You, yeah. you need to calm your voice down. And it took the dispatcher a long time to start calming her own voice down. It was yeah. right around the time where she wanted to start disconnecting the call, which might not be a coincidence. <laughs> like, I'm finally going to have to stop. I, I can stop listening to this. I can start calming down because I'm done. I'm done here, which was another thing, which like, you know, we were talking during the call that like, yeah, don't, don't, atta- don't, uh, don't um, provoke the, mm-hmm. the gunman. Cause she was going at her butt. Yeah. I was thinking, you bastard. Think about that. I was like, what a rough situation. The mother who is in full mother bear mode. Cause somebody just gunned down their daughter. And right. it's easy to forget. She had a gunshot wound to the chest while she was doing all mm-hmm. I'm like, wow. Right. A whole lot going on with I this. was thinking that she was, she was slowing down near the end. I'm like, is she just losing blood? Is that how she's yeah. losing steam? You know? Yeah. Wow. Okay, well, so what happened? Go ahead. Barbara forgot to mention at one point uh, that the cops had already shown up and put him in handcuffs and he was in a car. (laughs) Oh, so that's why she was talking so much shit. Yeah, I guess. Probably. Yeah, who knows how long the cops had been there at that point? Because the dispatcher's like, where is he? And she's like, oh, he's in the car. He's with the cops. They put cuffs on him and he's in the car. I would have been like, how long have they been Uh, there? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
crazy. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, I didn't catch that part. That makes sense as to why the dispatcher would want to get off the line. Yeah. And it makes sense as to why Barbara was talking so much smack to the shooter. Exactly. The call went another minute after Barbara said he's in a cop car. So, you know, it's like. Wow. So I'm guessing. Okay. They, I'm not. Yeah. Bless her heart. Okay. So here's here's the backstory on this on on what went down so when barbara wing arrived she did just as kelly asked and started to get the children and kelly said that that scott had a gun and so kelly ran past her mom down the stairs in the house and told barbara to hide in the bathroom with the kids uh so when kelly ran down the stairs scott follows her down and then outside um that's when barbara heard a gunshot from hiding in the bathroom. She hears a gunshot. She ran outside to find her daughter bleeding from a gunshot wound to the head. She yells at Scott in horror, and Scott shot Barb once in the chest. Uh, She made it back into the house and called 911. Scott stayed outside next to Kelly as she laid there dying. He was talking to her. Uh, he told investigators after the fact that she, as she laid there dying and they were talking, that it was, quote, the best conversation that we had had in a long time. Probably because he was the only one talking. Probably. Then her f- cell phone rang. Uh, Scott answered it. It was her boyfriend. Uh, probably the Chicago oh, boyfriend. God. That's bad timing. Yeah, exactly. So he puts the phone to her front face and she talks to him to the speakerphone, apologizes to her boyfriend for getting him involved. Scott hung up the phone and then shot her several more times in the head. Wow. So the police arrive and told him to stop doing that and put the gun down, and he did. Kelly died in the hospital five hours later. Surprised it took that long. Yeah. Shot her multiple times in the head. I know. She was hanging on for dear life. What kind of gun was it? Like a friggin' Daisy rifle? It was a it was a twenty two caliber revolver, which as far as calibers Ooh. go is not not the highest power. Uh does oh, it sounded like it was. Yeah, it does it does damage, but it's uh it's not the most high which is probably why Barb was still swinging and winging, uh having had a chest wound. But, you know, several gunshots to the head with any gun, you're gonna yeah. suffer. So she did. She sure. passed away five hours later. Uh, Barb was sent to the hospital and she was treated for the GSW to her, sorry, gunshot wound to the chest. Sometimes I'm just so official. I thought we were talking basketball for a second. That's also uh, the Golden State Warriors. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She had been shot with a Golden State Warrior to the chest. Um, right. She was sent to the hospital, but she was released. Uh, Scott was held on a $1 million bond for first-degree homicide and first-degree attempted homicide. Police, after this incident, they went to his home where he had been staying since leaving the home with Kelly the month prior, and they found a Christian counseling paperback on strengthening marriages. And inside of the paperback was a handwritten note with both Scott and Kelly's names on it. Nowhere, just to be clear, nowhere in the paperback did it mention or suggest shooting people in the head or chest? It's determined that Scott got those ideas maybe from another paperback or from his own brain. Okay. okay. Good to clear that up. Yeah. When they found his car at the fire station, they discovered four more letters that he had written to Kelly 
all would go undelivered. Uh, a box of ammunition, a pry bar, duct tape, and one liter whiskey bottle. There were no reports on how much of the whiskey was left in the bottle, nor how much duct tape was left. The pry bar seemed complete. <laughs> oh, God, man. The time for jokes is now over, Up, just so you know. I'm trying to be journalistically accurate. Okay. All right. All right. Inside the fire department... They found his locker, and inside the locker, they found a piece of paper with 11 mysterious typed letters on it and a hangman's noose fashioned out of nylon rope. All mysterious, kind of like, sort of like, maybe like some stuff that led to maybe thinking about suicide. Other things seemed like he was building a kill kit. Just uh-huh. all weird. And then he just ends up walking there and shooting her, it seems like. I don't know. Not a lot of planning. It's like, it's like the Zodiac killer, this guy. Yeah, it's weird. Nobody had ever asked him either what the mysterious uh, symbols on the piece of paper meant. Uh, <laughs> I've been thinking about pen palling him and seeing if I can find out. Right, and how he was 90 years old and still a firefighter. <laughs> the, the Zodiac, I think he's dead. Just the... All right, so Scott was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole for first-degree intentional homicide and domestic abuse. And they even bolted on sentencing for previous counts from a few 2008 incidents of disorderly conduct and injury by intoxicated vehicle. I might have written that wrong. I think it's injury... <laughs> Injury by intoxicated driving while driving a vehicle. Yeah, because I don't think it... Nailed it. Another one of those killer transformer cars that we seem to keep popping up on the Mm -hmm. radar. So, Mm -hmm. it's funny. It's not funny. There's nothing funny about this, but I wrote, it's funny, so I'll read that. (laughs) It's funny. When I looked up this current uh, case and his current prison status... Underneath his convictions, which, by the way, again, he's life in prison, no possibility of parole. There's fine print that says, <clears throat> Notice to employers, it may be a violation of state law to discriminate against a job applicant because of an arrest or conviction record. Generally speaking, an employer may refuse to hire an applicant on the basis of a conviction only if the circumstances of the conviction substantially relate to the particular job. So... In this case, if you're considering hiring Scott and the job requires not shooting people's heads or chests, Scott might not be the guy to choose for the job. Right. Just, Just to be clear. Clear that up. Anyway. Yeah, dotting the I's, crossing the T's. <laughs> crossing the crosses in the circles of the symbology. Yeah. <laughs> How are you with symbols? Really good. <laughs> like incredibly good. <laughs> incredibly good. I killed this lady, typed a letter, still haven't figured it out. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, he won't see daylight again, but uh, he might end up seeing at least one more fire. <laughs> if you know. Uh, yeah, I hear you. Hell. Right, I got you. <laughs> okay. Oh, right. uh, how about a happy ending? Yeah, that was intense, man. I don't even know what the difference between this and dark calls is anymore. But we still do those over on uh, on Patreon. Hey, can I can I before we do the happy ending? Yeah. Can I, can I plug Dark Topic real fast here? Yes, do. Okay, so I've start, started doing Dark Topic again publicly just starting today, so it might be yesterday for those listening. And what I've been doing is I do a thing on Tier 13. It's our $13 tier where I've been doing full Dark Topic where it's, I don't know, it's all the Dark Topic. I have five episodes up there so far, but every time I, I, I do five, I, 
the plan was for, I dropped one of those episodes publicly. I just dropped one right now. So for anybody wondering where I've been, I've been really just writing and producing Dark Topic episodes exclusively for Tier 13, but those are now starting to leak out into the public sphere, about 25% of them going forward. But if you want more Dark Topic, you come to Tier 13. Um, if you don't want to pay that amount of money, I understand. Uh, and Dark Topic is coming to uh, the public sphere at least once a month going forward. Yeah, Tier 13 uh, where it's at. If you're not at Tier 5, five dollar that's five dollar tier on patreon tier 16 also you get some stuff with with regard to the store um what else do they get at 13 oh i'm starting a new podcast called big blue mystery planet yeah um and i guess i sh i could should i announce the other one here yet sure okay sure. i'm starting another one called nine one with just the <laughs> operator <laughs> <laughs> and that's at the five dollar tier, right? That's for the five and th for everybody on Patreon. Yeah. So it's basically it's just uh, I don't want to say Jack is losing his his uh, position on the show because he's not. But nine one is something I can do at three a.m. in my underwear and talk about a call without having to bother Jack. So there will be much more of those yeah. on tier five, tier thirteen. Those forward. are quick. They're kind of quick and easy, and he can do them on his own and put, just put more content out for those people on, on Patreon. I'm looking forward to that. I saw the graphic for it today. It's hilarious. <laughs> I can't wait to hear how you do without me. I'm a little worried that you're going to do really well. I'm worried I won't do well at all because, I, you know, we've talked before about comedic timing and stuff. And I'm afraid one of my comedic components, if I have any, you do, is I'm sort of an audience comedian. So I need someone to make fun of. So I don't know how I'm going to. Maybe I'll just bring a doll on the show. And mm -hmm. you can do that. One of the doll. Wow. Sure. Sure. I can't wait to see it. And Big Blue Mystery Planet, the it's like yeah. a video podcast that's going to start soon at Tier 13. Again, at Tier 13, you get a whole bunch of full dark topic. It's called Full Dark Topic. And then you get Big Blue Mystery Planet, which was uh, when the operator first started working and I first started working together. I said, before 911 even, I was like, you yeah. should do a podcast called Big Blue Mystery Planet with that <laughs> character from Crime Machine. And uh, we went with 911. But now he's going to do it in video format, and that'll be at Tier 13. Big Blue Mystery Planet is basically it's my observations of the world and the weird mm. things that we come across. And <clears throat> you'll get everything from coin facts to bad lip reading. Yeah. If Blair Witch Project and Michael Bay had a baby, that <laughs> that's what you're getting. It's gonna be amazing. You're gonna You're going you're going over the top with like video production and all that stuff too, I, I from what you show me. Every episode will be video and audio. So you'll get a good helping from either one but yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be an earball treat and an eyeball treat mm -hmm. oh man okay right. yeah happy ending ending okay hey luna mm. do, do you have any security cameras uh <laughs> just my like my bloodshot eyeballs every hour on the hour through the night looking out every single window <laughs> that's enough i don't think i need them for how freaked out i am all the time I still, to this day, I talked about a dark topic a long time ago that I would open up the back door and yell, terror, like my dog's name's terror, terror, come on in, terror, and just to scare off all the shadows of the night that are creeping in around my house and my mind all the time. So I have uh, fake security cameras and fake dogs. Come rob me. My, my uh, lady says, it's almost like you wish someone would break into the house. <laughs> 
<laughs> like you're waiting for it. I'm like, kind of. I wish it would just happen already. I wish the guy would just kick the window in already so I can get this over with. From what I've from what I've assessed as far as the defense tactics you have, it'd be sort of like fighting Cinderella. Just a lot of mops yeah. and brooms. And, you yeah. know, maybe throw a mice at me or something. I'm going to die in that situation. But, <laughs> but I'll go down swinging everything I got. So no security cameras then, I guess. No security cameras, no. All right. Well, I I have a ring doorbell and I've got a security camera. I've got I've had a handful now. When we first moved in, we got the you know doorbell camera and a security camera on the side, and we had just bought Sam 2.0, this really expensive BMX because I'm an idiot, and um, he had come home and from riding and just plopped it in the front yard right next to our house which is right next to like a public sidewalk between some houses and he went inside and then some ruffian comes along and just takes his bike and so i pick it up on my security camera i pick it up on my side camera my ring doorbell my neighbor picks it up on theirs two neighbors down they pick it up too in addition to all that we take the footage and I report it on Ring Neighborhood, which is like this, I don't know. It's like a neighborhood watch type of thing with video, right? Mm-hmm. I say, hey, son's bike got stolen. Here's what it looks like, blah, blah, blah. Let me know. The next morning, somebody from another neighborhood, like a mile away, was like, I think I just saw that bike stashed in the bushes during our morning walk here at 5 a.m. I went and found it. I found the bike. Wow. It's crazy what you can do. System works. Yeah, well, it works because we're sort of self-policing. And I think sometimes the kids are figuring out they can't just wheel around on stolen goods because even the kids are now privy to the fact that their parents are aware that stuff got stolen. And they're going to be like, hey, hey, Brandon, uh, you know that bike's all over the internet right now, right? you got to get rid of it. That's hot. That's hot. you got to get rid of it. You're going to go down, Brandon. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to burn in hell. <laughs> so Brandon stashed the bike. I went out at 5 a.m. because somebody, my neighbor came over like, I just got this alert at 5 a.m. that your bike might have been found. I'm like, what? So I go drive down. I go find it. Bring it back. Show Sam. I'm like, you know, like I'm a cat coming home with a mouse. I'm like, look what I just found for you. He's like, oh, good. I was like, Are you, that's all I get is an oh, good. Oh, I was so livid. I almost wanted to steal the bike back for him again. <laughs> anyway, security yeah, cameras. Well, security cameras. Yeah, they work. And we've got like watches on our little girls now. Like if they go out of a certain perimeter, like from our neighborhood or from certain perimeters that we've set, like grandma's house, we get an alert that says so-and-so is outside of your perimeter. It's crazy. Well, that's pretty cool. I, I should get something. I, I live in the middle of nowhere, so there's really not a whole lot to worry about. But things do happen everywhere. Actually, like, you know, alongside the highway, sometimes people pull in and they'll rob a place real quick. Or uh, I think, remember the movie Truman, or sorry, the book by Truman Capote in Cold Blood? That's exactly the situation. Guys from outside of the area coming into like a more desolate area to rob a place because they think it'll be easy pickings. That's kind of my concern. 
Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, it doesn't cost as much as it used to. Like when you hear security system, you know, it used to be like $900 and you get eight cameras and a VCR. But now like 59 bucks on Amazon, you can get a doorbell that, you know, records everybody that comes to your front door and tells you who it is and facial recognition. And it's nuts. It's crazy. Anyway. Yeah. Well, this isn't an ad for ring doorbells. So, but I just wanted to see. If you had that. All right. So here is a situation where the security camera came in really handy for this mother and her children. Uh, So this just happened. Uh, But so no names have been released yet in this case. I'm going to post the video on Patreon for you to see as well. But last week, so May of 2021 in Pensacola, Florida, a man approached the home and began to kick in the front door. The man yells into the home before turning his back to the front door and then starts bashing it with the bottom of his foot. After the 10th kick, the door gives way and he enters the home and you can hear him screaming. You ready for me to hit play? I think, yeah, I'm ready. But like, man, how, again, I don't see how this ends in a happy ending, but (laughs) yeah, yeah, I'm ready, man. (laughs) Well, we'll get (laughs) <laughs> Your sense of humor is warping as we do this. Like you think certain things are kind of kind of neat, and they're just terrible. <laughs> well, we'll get there. You can tell me whether or not my sense of humor is warped after after I tell you what happens. Okay, ready for the call? Yes, I'm. I'm ready. Here we go. You wanna fucking play? You wanna fucking play? Let's play! Fucking bitch! Okay, that's the call. I'm assuming that was a beep bonanza that we the audience just had to hear there. That was a lot of swearing. It's a lot of beeping. It's going to take a lot in edit. But uh, yes, that's the that's the call. So here, I'll give you the situation. Good. And maybe this will tell you why it's a happy ending. Right. All right. So security camera picks him up coming to the house. And he's not supposed to be at that house. Basically, what you heard, all the banging and everything, was his either hands and fists on the window right near the security yeah. camera or the door. And you'll see it in the video, but there's enough audio that you can tell that this guy's given the front of the house a beatdown. So the video cuts off because those videos are only intended to run while there's motion. So once the motion was gone and he was in the home, the video stops. But after he gets in the home, just briefly, you can hear him screaming and his voice fades as he gets deeper into the house. He gets into the house and then arms himself with a knife from the house and hollers into the house that he's there to harm his children's mother. He went from room to room until he found the woman and her children in a back bedroom of the back of the house. The woman feared for her life, so she shot the intruder twice. Deputies found a 54-year-old man dead from an apparent gunshot wound to the head. 
At the time of the incident, the suspect had an active domestic violence injunction filed against him. In addition to that, this is what makes it really weird, is investigators said that he was reportedly on his way to anger management class when this all went down. So I'm not able to confirm for sure this was his case, but it's typically not part of anger management course to kick in the doors and threaten people with knives. I'm Right. You got to vent somehow. Okay, so the sheriff's department said that charges won't be filed against the individual who shot and killed the intruder. Florida state statute allows people to take responsible steps to protect themselves from harm. In describing the scene in particular, the sheriff said, you can see from the video that his demeanor and intent were clear. The sheriff's office will will defend the person's right to reasonably protect themselves against harm even with the use of deadly force, we do not intend to bring charges against the occupant of the home. So, once again, play dumb games, win dumb prizes. Oh, yeah, what a happy ending. So, no, I don't see how that was a happy ending at the end of it. You're saying that this guy being out of his mind and pissed about his, some situation with his kids. He Did he die? Sorry. Did, did, oh, yeah. He died. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. He hella died. He went to his... his baby mama's house i'm guessing because we still don't know all the details but i'm guessing it had to do with custody and he was taking matters into his own hands went into the house grabs a knife says he's gonna hurt their mother yeah finds them and she she ends him and to me i'd much rather have that be the case than the first call we covered I'm just saying the whole situation is like, I'm not full of sunshine, lollipops and rainbows right now. Like he might be, Hey, uh, but it was, it was super interesting. I just said, hella. Right. And I got to pump. I'm going to pump one more thing. I'm going to pump a true crime Kent before we go. True crime Kent and and you, you're you're a part of True Crime Kent. The oh. operator, the yeah. operator, and uh, Kent Chungus just covered the case of Jason Vukovic. Mm-hmm. Um, worth checking out. Episode sixteen of True Crime Kent, and I just covered it as a companion podcast at Full Dark Topic on Tier Thirteen. But that episode I covered will next month release publicly, and uh, on Patreon, right? Or will, yeah, yeah. Well, it's right now. It's not Tier Thirteen, but it will drop publicly. And be available to everybody on Patreon next month. <laughs> but uh, so Kent talks to the Alaskan Avenger. He's a, a man who went out and, and assaulted a bunch of sexual offenders that he confirmed where they live off of, off of the child registry. But he actually heard about who they were through the grapevine of his criminal connections and all that stuff. Or just people in the neighborhood. These were pedophiles that he was attacked. He was going pedophiles there. and um, people who had viewed child porn who... Those people, in my opinion, are just as uh, just as culpable. I mean, if they weren't there to watch the shit, then the guys who are actually molesting these children on these videos wouldn't have anybody to sell them to. Um, but yeah, so but Jason, so Kent talks to Jason through interviews, and I actually asked a bunch of questions for him to ask Jason Vukovic, the Alaskan Avenger, there too. And when Jason's talking, the one part he keeps on saying. He's talking about how one of the girls he went there with one time was filming the whole thing. And his lawyer showed him the beatdown that he was putting on this pedophile or this this sex offender. And Jason goes, I don't know, man. To me, that just looks like a 
hella righteous beating being laid down, <laughs> like in the right of, you know, for, 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 for the greater good, a hella hellacious beat down, man. <laughs> righteous. And now I can't stop saying righteous and I can't stop saying hellacious and hella. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That, you know, that uh, Kent did really amazing. And I'm on True Crime Kent. You know, I'm along for the ride. I, I guess I'm there as like, I'd like to say I'm there to to quantify and qualify all scientific findings of the show. I think that's my job because I'm qualified to do that. A lot of people <laughs> say I'm just funny, but I don't see it. But you're there. You you piss piss Kent off for the there. most part. Is what you do. I love doing that. I love dragging things out and making him feel angry. But yeah, uh, yeah no, that was a really good case. Conflicted me. I, I'll I'll be honest. Oh yeah, it's yeah. conflicting to feel so. Um, good about somebody who takes justice into their own hands. It, it Absolutely. Conflicted me a little bit, but... Well, that's why I liked about it, too, is that on that episode, you could tell that you're conflicted about it, and I think that that's, that's good. Like, that shows that you're, you represent a portion of the audience where Kent and I are more like, yeah, man, <clears throat> you know, that's awesome. Like, why is he in, in prison? And for you, like, you're, you're more, like, level-headed about it, and you're like, well, you know... Almost killed a guy with a hammer. So such a big part of me is like yes, because there are uh, there's a slice of society. You know, I got to be honest. There are so many of those guys that that don't get caught. Yeah. That if if there's a message that can be sent to those guys that aren't getting caught, that this could happen. And then at the same time, instantly, I'm like, no, don't take light, don't take it into your own hands. You know. So I'm conflicted, but it is a very compelling story. He's Excuse a me. very, very unique individual. It is, it is a story worth hearing, if nothing. Else. Can I? Can I add something to that too? One way or the other, I guess you know. It's my, to, right. to, to enjoy or to to get just sucked into the story. It's, oh, he's very compelling. He's a great storyteller too, Jason Vukovic, uh, who's in prison now for the next twenty three years, unless he gets paroled at some point. And uh, something I realized after writing my piece, which everyone will hear publicly again next month, is. He's, and I think that you'd enjoy hearing this right now, is that he talks about how there were times when he would go to like beat, give a hellacious, righteous, hella righteous beat down to one of these sex offenders. Mm -hmm. And he shows up and it's like, it's a, a summer day in Alaska. It's about five o'clock. He's just off work and he's walking through this neighborhood, going to this guy's house, his gloves on. And the neighborhood's completely dead, silent. And it's almost like the universe is smiling down on this act he's about to commit. Mm -hmm. And there's another time where he's walking through and all these kids come running up to him and they're all crowding around him for some reason. And they're like laughing and smiling. And he's like, man, it's just like, this is meant to be like, I'm supposed to be doing this. So I wrote about all that and I asked him these questions and it's what got the, these, these little stories out of him. And you'll hear them again, like I keep saying, but what I realized once I was done the episode and today I'm sitting here and I'm reading some of the comments on Patreon about it. And I re-listened to the episode and I'm like, whoa, because I do a big, big piece on how the universe smiles down on you when, when you do something righteous. Like it seems like things tend to work out. You could act out of anger and things will tend to be destructive all around. You're destroying around you. Yeah. But if it's righteous anger and my episode's name is the righteous anger of Jason Vukovic, righteous anger is something he talks about quite a bit. It's, it's like, 
when it's righteous, when it's meant to be, it, it kind of cleans the slate. It, uh, you're creating waves that kind of wash things away and, and, it, and it makes things a little bit better. Like those guys are a little more hesitant to go and act again in the future because they're worried about this kind of harm coming to them and, and whatnot. But the point is that I realized and I got chills when I, when I recognized it. And unfortunately, I wasn't able to add it in the episode because I realized it afterwards was that the moment he went too far, he goes into a house and he beats this guy with a hammer and he comes in like a friggin' like Jason Voorhees, mm-hmm. you know, like a righteous Jason Voorhees. He kicks in the window and there's a couple staying there. It might be a bed and breakfast. He tells them to go back to their room. He goes up and beats this guy like almost to death with a hammer and he leaves and he's got his dog with him and all that and he gets busted immediately. And what I realized was that the universe stopped smiling on him. If you want to believe in these kind of things, the universe stopped smiling on him in that moment because he went too far. Mm-hmm. Fine, he has kids all around him and he has the neighborhood dead silent and, and everything is working in his favor when it's when when he's going and he's just doing the minimum necessary to to set these guys straight. But the moment he went overboard and threatened like the people in the house and, and almost killed this man, he was immediately arrested. Yeah. I just found that super interesting and almost like supernatural uh, about the case. Anyways, it's a, it's a, it's like you say, it's a very compelling episode of, of True Crime Camp. People should check out. And I've done a companion uh, piece to it that will come out next month. Yeah. It's, uh, it's an exercising cosmic justice. It, it just gets you thinking. It's like we've all wished it. You know, we've all wished that we could, you know, you see the, the crazy, angry lady in the Jetta cut you off and give you the middle finger as she's cutting you off. And we've all wanted her car to just blow up and start into flames. We're like, man, I wish I had that power. And then you see somebody who goes out and just takes that power and does Mm -hmm. something that we would all in the back dark recess of our mind be like, yeah, if the windows of heaven closed, I'd be be the Antarctican Avenger. <laughs> yeah. Well, like Jason says himself, he's like, you know, with with righteous anger and and doing that kind of thing, there there's great sacrifice and and obviously the sacrifice in the end was his freedom. Yeah. Um but anyways, very compelling stuff, so. It's it's worth looking. I, there's a there's a line that that he says at the very end of his uh when he's trying to negotiate his 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 sentence and I won't say it here but it just icing on the cake to just show you like how the the system works and how it doesn't work sometimes yeah Yeah. alaska's a tough place too i thought that was that was a lot of fun and once again horrible calls but uh remember security cameras cheap they might save your life um and uh if not a jar of uh, jalapeno peppers and keeping your eyes locked on your windows it'll do in a pinch Doing a pinch. All right. Hugs, everybody. Well, whether you were here for the last two hours listening to our uncut version over on Patreon or have been stomaching us for the last hour here on the free feed, we are grateful that you're here. We are grateful that you're part of this weird community that uh, you have built. Uh, We are so happy. And just... You have saved us from this weird pandemic. You've saved us from our families at times, <laughs> letting us stay out here in this Stu Stu Studios recording. And you've also helped us to pay the bills. We are so grateful here at 1159 Media. If you want more, we got it. Check out Dark Topic. And also check out True Crime Kent. 
And if you're really hungry and can't get enough, always check us out on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash 1159media. Sometime we'll have the store open again soon, so you'll have some merch to put on your body. And until then, hugs. Hugs.